Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the bonus episode we are going to call Showing Up. And we're going to get into the standing for Kaepernick protests over the weekend. We hit that up, talked to some folks in the streets, taking a knee with us. And two for one hit us with this nice beat. Man, I might just have to freestyle something. I'm not a rapper, but I might have to spit something. Showing up because oppressing our people is a hobby for white supremacy. Showing up because my heart can't take another black body in the street. Show up when times get tough. Show enough, you gotta show up. Huh. Show enough for lies and danger on an asshole and chief charade. Show enough cause a racist White House won't rain on our parade. Show up when times get tough. Show enough, you gotta show up. Show enough cause we got to be the change we wanna see. Show enough to finally break the change and get free. Everybody, yeah, we trying to get free. So put your bodies on the line with me. Showing up because we can't turn the blind out of this shit. Cause four little girls, Fred, Martin, X, and more die for this shit. Everybody, we just trying to get free. So put your bodies on the line with me. Hey, show up. And that's what we're talking about in this bonus episode. Showing up. We got out there, hit up the new Viking Stadium with some folks who were down with the cause. We all took a knee. We were all saying, fuck the NFL. At least for the meantime, you know, Colin Kaepernick standing up against police brutality, all that good stuff that nobody really wants to put at the forefront of the mainstream media. But, um, you know, we were standing in solidarity with people all over the country. And, you know, we got to mention that all these other problems that exist in the NFL, domestic violence, CTE. I mean, I, th- I think it's the CTE especially is going to take the league down. And we got to definitely uh, raise awareness to all of those issues, the CTE, the domestic violence, systematic racism within the institution of the NFL itself. But uh, make sure that we're not just protesting or boycotting solely because uh, solely because of racism. Because you know that's kind of, especially if you're a black man, it's kind of misogynistic to be outraged all of a sudden because of just this racism piece. But you know, uh, you got people beating their wives on videotape who play in the NFL, and uh, you know. We got to raise awareness to all that shit. So we're going to get into uh, some of the voices of the people who uh, were out there marching and protesting last Sunday at the Vikings game. And I want you to just hear from them. Um, Let us know what you think, as always. Um, You know, you can follow Weapon of Choice podcast on Instagram. That's at Weapon of Choice podcast. Same thing on Facebook. At Weapon of Choice Podcast. If you use the Twitter, at Weapon Choice Pod. And uh, yeah, um, keep listening, keep tuning in, keep telling your friends. Please share, please go on iTunes, give it five stars and review it. Show us some love if you uh, like what you're hearing so far. Um, we appreciate the support we got so far. We could use more support. As we uh, try to embark on this mission of uh, preserving uh, the wisdom um, and perspectives and words of these amazing artists that we've had on the show so far and um, a lot more to come. So I'm excited. But, yeah, let's hear some of these folks in the street from last weekend and uh, we'll talk to you soon. 
it, 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 it's plain as day. This is not about Colin Kaepernick. This is about if if we let this one, uh, can I be a candidate? If we let this one nigga go, then all the other niggas gonna run, gonna try to run away too. But if we keep this one nigga in the house and don't let them see, we, we keep him away. We keep him locked up in the shed. We chain him down. All the other niggas gonna get the understanding too. And guess what's gonna happen? They ain't gonna rise up. See, when you get a smart black man to start rising up like Colin Kaepernick, that's what they're afraid of. That's what they're afraid of. No if, no ends, no buts. The worst thing, the worst fear that a white man has is an educated black man. Worst fear that he has. There you go. Because once you get him educated and you show him that he can do things with his hands and his feet and his mind, and I believe everybody should have the right to carry a gun. And especially here now with these tiki torchy boys walking around here. Anyway, don't I don't want to get started. Don't, I don't want to. I don't want to get started. Started. But at the end of the day, man, you got to show up. They got to show up. You know, I, I, like I said before, I'm sad that we got a lot of brown people walking into this building right here. You know, and that's the thing with black people. You're always going to have that one. You're always going to have that one, that two, that three, that four. It's going to sit there and go, well, I ain't got no reason not to watch a game. I ain't got no reason not to go to a game. Well, when a cop put a, put a, put a nightstick up inside your head, then you're going to have a reason. Then you're going to be looking around for people like me going, can you speak out for me? Can you say something? No, I can't. Because you wasn't here when you should have been here. We could have prevented that police from knocking you up on the side of the head. But you chose to walk in there to watch the Minnesota Vikings. It's that simple, man. What, what happens if we, you know, can you tell everybody what happens if we don't show up? Well, if we don't show up, the same thing keep happening. Flando Castile. Flando Castile made my heart hurt so bad because I carry. I don't go nowhere without my gun. Sorry, I don't. I don't walk, I, I do not walk, and especially it's a cordon on. Like right now, I got my nine, I got my nine. If I'm walking, I'm with, I'm with my wife and my grandkid, I got my 45. Cause I need a little, little, little more. Anyway, at the end of the day, if you don't, we don't show up, if we don't do the things that's right, if, 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 if we keep doing the same thing we keep doing, Philando Castile, that hurt my heart, man. That hurt my heart. There's there's no way you can sit there, and I know they sit there and say, uh, well, weed, we, he, he, he had weed in the system. He just said, weed didn't kill him. That cop killed him. We did not kill him. I don't care what anybody say. They can use whatever they want to use to try to get off on it. But we did not kill that young man. That hurt. That hurt my heart because, like I said, I carry. So I, I, I've got, I've got, I've got to get out in front of that and start telling people, don't believe the hype. Because then, then you know, I got a lot of black friends walking around saying, "Oh man, I, I shouldn't carry my gun because I'd be like Flandos Castile." No, no, no. We got it. That's the mindset they want you to think. They want you to sit there and say, if you're a black man and you got a gun, we're going to shoot you anyway. I've been stopped over and over and over and over. I live out in the suburbs. You know, so that should tell you how many times I get followed home, how many times I get stopped. I've had my gun on me, but I'm smart enough to realize and understand the law. The law says I don't have to say a word to you. I don't tell the cops I got a gun. Don't say nothing to them. Let it be their surprise. You want to get stupid? Okay, that's fine. But at the end of the day, we got to show up. We got to do what's right. We got to be here. We got to make changes. We got to do something different. That's what it comes down to. Be. I'm, I'm, I'm angry about 
separation of families being ripped apart um, through mass incarceration um, and what we're seeing in the immigration system, um, yeah. detentions and deportations. That that's the work that I do day in and day out too. So um, it's all interconnected. <laughs> um, all the all the injustice and so. That makes me angry, but it makes it makes, like I said, more sad. And um, and but that's the that's the motivation to, to keep acting and and yeah. and like you say, to show up and and that um, I think people can hear our voices. It's about getting getting out of your home yeah. um, as as often as possible. I mean, and getting out to the streets and and. And building community with others. Every time that we come out and we stand together um, in the public sphere, we're um, we're taking back what it is to to um, yeah to exist in community and and um, and and to resist isolation because we live in a really individualistic, isolated um, society and culture and. So and also um, to to not spend money, you know. There's a you know there's a million places that that I mean the money that people are spending today to go to this game, the money to you know the the constant you know materialistic nature of capitalism, and this is free. I mean this is this is free and and this is this is. This is a good way to to show up, to spend your time, to spend um, spend your days. But um, people are really comfortable, and and uh, and again, people are really um, they don't see the power of what it means to show up. I guess what makes me mad is you know people walking around and turning their shoulder like it doesn't matter because at the end of the day their children's children or even if they don't have any kids their future still I guess affects you know what's going on right now so as long as we keep just letting things slide and just acting like nothing's really happening in this world it's going to continue to be passed on like that has things like that taken an emotional toll on you, your family, your kids? It it has a lot with me. I really, I talk to my children a lot about it. They do get scared knowing that it there's people out there like that. But I don't really want them to judge, you know, who they are. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't something that um, they were born feeling. You know, they, they were taught to feel that way. And just like, I don't know. It, it does upset me that it, it's still out there and they're allowing it to happen and they're allowing these people to, you know, even hold meetings and, you know, rallies, knowing that they're, they hate. They only love their kind. They don't, they don't love every, everyone. No matter, there's, there's different races and different beliefs, different religions all around the world. So no matter what they do about trying to stop it, it's not going to end. My children actually look up to me as a strong individual as it is now. Um, be, I was a single mom and, you know, as a single parent, you have to face a lot of different challenges and 
you know, hold a smile on your face even though you don't really want to. There's a lot that's been going on in this world and I've been feeling like I've been called to do a lot of things and I feel like this is a start by showing up here. Because uh, we are both very strong proponents of social injustice, and that's a catchword that sounds really pretty when you just let it flow right out. But what that means to me is people beat the hell out. Can I say hell? People yep. beat the hell out of each other <laughs> based on things other than their character. And that is not how we are going to build a sustainable society. The only way my kids are going to be safe, the only way I'm going to be safe is to make sure that my neighbors are safe. So that means that I have to look out for them as well as myself. And I agree with all of that. Uh, I'm here because of one man starting with one voice, other voices being added to it, uh, to make where we are right now, is, is it's now across the country, people know this is wrong if what's happening to our rights to protest in peace. And I, I, I applaud you know, Kapuknik for being the one to have the courage to start out with this. This is all new to me, because before I would just sit back and watch the television and say, oh, wow, somebody should do something. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged by my wife, who is very passionate about the world, the planet, and the people on it. It's making a difference in my life, and it's changed me, and it says I am somebody, and I can stand up and help support other people. To me, the point of showing up has been uh, proven over and over again to work. And I am big on making on th doing things that work. Um, from Pearl Buck said that uh, the only thing of note that's ever happened in history was has only ever been started by one person. And Gandhi showed up, and he had ten friends with him, and they got struck down. And they showed up again, and each one of them brought ten friends with them. And then it was a hundred, and then it was a thousand, and then it was tens of thousands. And that's how anything has ever been changed. Kings and armies, and presidents, and heads of state show up and the only thing that changes are the borders but when the people actually show up that's when society changes that's when we become better that's when things grow and that's when my kids stay protected and stay safe and Martin Luther King did the same thing he showed up and then he asked other people to show up and they, then they had 10 and then they had 100 and then they had 10,000 and that's what changed it was the media was there like you guys thanks for being here and the media covered it and said, oh my gosh, there's a lot of people out here. If you stay in your houses, people say, well, you know, go vote. My grandmother showed up. She showed up on the streets of, of New York City and got home in time to make dinner. But she and her buddies kept showing up for women's rights. And that's why my wife and I can actually, two women can actually say my wife and I, because our grandmothers showed up and they kept showing up, even though they got beaten up and even though they got locked up, they kept showing up. So we get to actually have this conversation with you because people showed up. So we got to do it for the people coming behind us as well as the people that are here right now. I am feeling good. I'm feeling ready to uh, join my fellow uh, Americans here and use my voice, uh, peaceful protest, and um, 
just to protest all kind of injustice that's going on. I don't like what I'm seeing in America today, and uh, I've never done anything like this, never been super involved like this, kind of in the shadows, but I feel like it's time for people to really come out and join hands and show what is good about America. Yep. I am not a football fan. I am a fan of him peacefully protesting what he see is wrong in America. That's what that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I never really follow football or anything like that, but I'm here to support him and to support my fellow Americans in just voicing our uh, opinion about what is good in America and uh, what we need to kind of join hands and show everyone that, you know, what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong. Yep, we're all fellow Americans. We're all a part of the human race, you know, yep. Um, so this is, did you say this is like one of the first times you've kind of like come out? Yes. How, you know, looking around, uh, seeing I like feel the community, how are you feeling? Yeah, what's Inspired. Awesome. I feel inspired, yep. Yep, I feel inspired, I feel encouraged. Um, it makes me want to do more. Yep, right. yep. Right. I just want to encourage other people to do the same. That's all. Come out, um, join all of us, and uh, use your voice and show that uh, we don't like what we're seeing and uh, we want it to stop. Yep. Seeing the regeneration of just out and out racism. You know, I don't like seeing that. I don't like what's happened to my fellow um, immigrants. I don't like that. I don't like uh, what I'm seeing as far as um, empowering people to be just out and out racist. Yeah, I, I and, and I feel like I need to use my voice. I feel great. Yeah, I love I love the people, the white people that walk by and look so angry. It's like so fun for me. <laughs> but honestly, it just feels good to be out here and like supporting. Yeah, I would say definitely feeling good too, uh, which I certainly acknowledge as a privilege of being a white protester. Um, I'm just really trying to greet as many white folks as I can today and remind them that Black Lives Matter, even when you're focused on the Vikings this Sunday, you can always be focused on Black Lives too. I would say we're both here today because we really believe that white silence is violence. So we're both here because when white voices don't speak out, a system continues that uh, oppresses black lives and we won't stand for it. So we want to be here and show our support. Yep. Agreed. So it's an incredible amount of tension, right? I mean, it's it's this is these are not easy decisions. These are not easy issues to deal with right now. Um, I as it's 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 particularly difficult because for me the you know the Minnesota Vikings are something that I grew up with, right? Like it's an important familial connection that I have, and so it's an odd juxtaposition dealing with that. But then the fact that I also came up supporting these issues, right? I mean, I've been working on racial justice my whole life. It's a part of who I am. Um, and so it's it's wrestling with, I think, two pieces of... As much as it, it might seem trite to talk about a football team as part of your identity, like, over a certain amount of time, right, when you, you create those connections, it becomes part of who you are as well. Um, 
So I guess my hope is that you know, I can continue to work on issues that see the NFL changing who it is in a way that would allow those things to be in less tension with each other, right? Where I could be both a proud Vikings fan and still work on racial justice without seeing those as in conflict, which I I don't think is inherent within football, right? Like, I don't think there's necessarily something that says that the league has to function that way. Um, and, you know, for in some ways, like, if Kaepernick got signed tomorrow, right, like, the NFL would still be the NFL. It would still be an organization that I think does a lot of harm. And so I guess that's that's the tension that I struggle with is, is just that in, in general, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fabric in terms of just ways to enjoy your free time. It's the fabric right. of your the free time aspect of your life. No, no, I'm, I, I appreciate you saying that. Have you, um, since you like vocally also support a lot of these uh, racial justice issues and others, and at the same time, um, and you're doing that at the same time of remaining a fan, yeah. on either side, be it from family or friends, have you gotten, in your most personal circles, any criticism from either side of things? Um, had to have uh, tough conversations? Not, not, not yet. No, I mean, um, no, I can't, I can't honestly say that that's happened. You know, one of the, so one of the difficult conversations that I had just yesterday, though, actually, was whether or not to go into this game and sit during the, the national anthem and what that means to do that in a, in a space where you're putting yourself on the line in a certain way because, you know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people sitting during the national anthem today on, in those stands, but at the same time, I want to sit in solidarity with any players who are going to be doing that. Um, and so, you know, again, I sort of see that as a way of trying to ease that tension between the two and saying I can both go to a Vikings game and not have to take off my racial justice hat, right? Like that, that can main, be part of who I am in the game as well. And, and to follow up on that, so my, myself, like, when I sit at a, I don't stand for the National Anthem, right? Sure. And, and, I, and I'm at every Minnesota Lynx game, and one of my good friends who I sit with sometimes is a veteran. Sure. So I felt tension not standing up. Yeah. I'm sitting right next. And does, does your veteran friend, does he, he or she stand for that? Of course. Yeah. But the, I have that tension, so, like, just for you personally, when you sit today at the Vikings game during the National Anthem, what tensions do you anticipate feeling? What have you felt just... The, the thought of that, and what do you think you will be feeling when you sit amongst all these people who are some drunk, some no, raucous? And I mean, we'll see, right? Like, I have no idea. Uh, it's not been something that I've that I've done before. Um, I mean, good on you for doing it at all the Lynx games. I don't go to a lot of, I don't have season tickets. I don't go to a lot of games, right? So, um, you know, we'll see. I I would love to think that. I'll be surrounded by some people who will, at the very least, respect the decision. But I'm well aware and prepared for the idea that I may get taunted. Like, and that's just part of, you know, that that happens. And it's, to be honest, it's a pretty small conflict in comparison to what a lot of people have to go to in fighting for this these issues all the time. Is your entire group that you were today going to sit in enough? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll talk to them. I mean, we'll see. I actually, I'm... I'm not sure if I'm gonna, I kinda wanna be out here 
for it. You know, I'd kind of like to be out here you taking a knee. Us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. But I, so what I'm what I'm wondering, and maybe you, I mean, I'd be curious if it'd be more impactful to be out here doing that or in the game doing it. That's, that's your decision to make. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm really happy to see that people came out because everyone here is an American. And just because we hi choose to hyphenate some, that doesn't mean our lives don't matter. All lives matter, and that includes black lives as well. And the thing is that this, this athlete is taking a, sta a knee for us. He is losing his livelihood so that we can all have freedom, so that all of it just doesn't go in silence. Everyone is silent when it's time to do something, but when a peaceful protest of stating your First Amendment right against the wrongdoings of police brutality and other brutality, so when someone takes a stand, they're exiled, and I believe that person put their livelihood on the line, so I'm here today because we are all Americans, and there's lots of people that have been in the service, that have given their lives, and they come home to homelessness and police brutality. Um, so it's not about being unpatriotic. It's about taking a stand for everyone's right. I'm here today because I have a family, and I hope in their future that they don't have to be hyphenated Americans, that they won't die in the streets when they start driving. I'm here because someone taking a stand for me that doesn't even know me, I want to show that I hear them loud and clear and I hope other people understand that all lives matter because we do matter. Just because the color of our skin does not mean we should be murdered in the streets. I am not a fan of the NFL. I do not like that the owners uh, of these teams make millions and millions of dollars while people lose their lives, they get concussions. I understand that the sport is very strategic and a lot of people enjoy this game but a lot of people put all their hopes and dreams into coming out here and trying to make uh, economic boost in their livelihood and those are the same people being murdered on the streets if they're not being um, murdered on the field or if they're not being um, uh, uh, being fined for frivolous things or um, if they're getting lowballed at the end of their uh, at their end of their contracts putting all their money at the end of their contracts so they die their families are affected by this they have to deal with all the things of playing this very physical sport and they come out of it with nothing and people make millions and millions of dollars off concessions and ticket sales and all of this and these people come out and they say they're patriotic just because you were born white in the US doesn't mean you're patriotic you gotta stand for something black people Mexican Chinese people, the native people built this country and they're being slaughtered and it's not okay because we're hyphenated, we're not considered Americans. The NFL is just another form of slavery and here we are today celebrating it. all these putting on our purple flags or whatever color we're going to wear because what, what has this team done for them and so I have a lot of issues with the NFL and to me what I like about this is this is a piece protest of taking the knee. More people are upset by someone taking a knee versus, um, you know, we can block uh, highways and we can sit in lunch booth counters and we can do all those things. But what makes a difference is when we ruin someone Sunday morning, now they have to think about maybe my life goes outside of this television. Whether you are a NFL fan or just 
uh, anyone taking a stand. It's easy right now. You take a knee. It might be difficult. This guy is giving up his livelihood, so we should be able to take a knee with him. Um, I think it's valuable to consider that you know we we like to scapegoat politicians who stand for um, unjust beliefs as the, the source of the problem. And I think that they're just giving voice to the problem and we need to be looking at our neighbors and our uncles and our teachers and really assessing, you know, you, you can think someone's an amazing person, but you might not agree with their beliefs. And if you really engage with the people who are around you that you're comfortable with and who respect you, you might actually be able to change some minds. You know, commenting on a Facebook thread where people are arguing very polarized, that's not gonna do anything. But if you hear your uncle say something about those people, you know, you don't even have to say, that was racist of you. You can say, what do you mean those people? And make him answer his own question and make him listen to himself. You know, I just, you just gotta start picking at when you when you hear those microaggressions coming out. You really gotta be talking to the people around you. That's where you can make the biggest difference. That's where I've made the biggest difference. You know, I, I talk to my family about this stuff a lot, and that's like the one place where I feel like I have the power to make some level of a change because they listen to me. I mean, I, I, I'm so happy about this because, you know, you see people of all races coming together and standing for what's right. And that's what we're all about. That's what America is about, is to stand up for what's right and to stand up for what's, uh, you know, to stand up for justice and to be able to say, hey, no matter what, we're going to stand up together and we're going to get through this together. You know, and that's what uh, America is about. And that's what we're here to show, to stand up for what's right. Uh, for me, it's mostly about uh, what's to come next. Yeah. So for my children to be able to say, oh, okay, we can live with one another and be able to stand up for what's right, for justice, you know. I'm looking more at it as far as America, America tomorrow, you know. What is it going to be like? Yeah. You know, are we going to be able to stand up for what's right now? If we don't, then we're not going to be able to get anywhere in the future. There's no tomorrow. So that's one reason that pushes me to be able to stand up for what's right and say, hey, I'm going to support it no matter what, however little many show up, then I'm going to show up, you know. And what's your history with watching the NFL, or you know, are you a fan? Or oh, I, actually, I love NFL. You know, I love the Vikings. I've always watched the Vikings. Sunday was my day, but this year I said no. You know, my value before my desire. So I ended up saying no, no Vikings, no NFL for me. You know, I could do anything else beside that. I could go read, do something. You know, that could benefit me. So I'm not gonna stand with uh, an organization that's willing to silence people to stand up for the what's right so I decided you know my desires are nothing my values is what stands out yeah all, all I'll say is that uh, this is not about uh, you know just black people Black Lives Matter is not just about black people. And standing up for what's right does not have to be only for blacks. Yeah. It's, it's everybody. We all united. We all are to stand for what's right, no matter what color it is. You know, it could be from any nationality, any race. For if, if you see justice, uh, if you see injustice, you must stand up for it. You know, you must say this is injustice and call it out. You know, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're the one being uh, oppressed or you're the oppressor. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. So I see it that way. 
Uh, I'll say, you know, it's hard. Uh, obviously, you know, everybody has their own schedules, work, whatever it is that maybe that keeps them away from coming. But um, at the end of the day, you know, if you really decide to stand up for something and make time for it, then you'll find a way for it. So I'm not saying, you know, you should be here or must be here. But I feel like maybe, you know, you can't you can sacrifice something. You can sacrifice that little time, you know, put something aside and stand up for what you believe in. If you believe in something, you're always going to stand up next to it and you're going to stand up for it. So that's my belief in it. And I say, you know, you might have not made it today, but you can make it tomorrow. So, yeah. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what do you think of when you hear those two words? What do you think of when you hear show up? When I think when I hear the words show up or, you know, show what it means to, to, to show up, um, it's. It's to me the the step of putting yourself in some sort like putting your body in in the on the front lines. It's it's being where something's happening. It's being at the the place where um, activism is going on. You know, I think we can all read about it. We can educate ourselves on what's happening. Um, we can speak out against things and use our voice. And 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 today it's just so easy to. Um, you know, for a lot of people to be engaged in a way where, where they are providing commentary, but I think commentary only goes so far. It's, it's being at an event. It's, it's being at, uh, a rally. It's being a part of a march, a walk. Um, you know, all, all of these, you know, showing up looks like a lot of different things, but I think to me and, you know, from our conversations, it's, it's when people are putting themselves on the line to be, to make a presence known. Because I think that's where um, these things stand to be most noticed is when you've got a crowd, when you've got an event happening, when you've got a response, uh, when you've got people out making that known. That, and, that to know, me is showing up. And Andrew, I, you know, hopefully you can you know, think back to earlier this year with me. Speaking of crowds, we, um, the day, so we go down to Chicago at the end of January yeah, we're filming. We, we, we're filming a piece. Uh, 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 well, we don't need to do a, a promo for ourselves. But yeah, we're we're in. We spend the morning filming in Chicago um, in a little black box theater. It was first of all amazing. We were just filming a little jazz band most of the day. Couldn't have been just a little jazz band. <laughs> just filming a little jazz band. Uh, it was probably one of my favorite days of filming. Uh, super relaxed. Um, yeah, and then we. Uh, you know, we, we get out, we can you know, you've been filming all day. You kind of, you turn your phones off, you're, you're disconnected. Um, we go get some food. We hit up a, a ramen place that our host had recommended. And then here we are. And we all kind of turn our phones on at the same time. And we're reading about, uh, that was when the Muslim ban was announced and, and it is a ban, you know, even though Trump says it isn't, and then says it is and says it isn't, you know, the Muslim ban is an, ban is announced. And here we are in Chicago, uh, you know, one of the top five metropolitan metropolitan areas in the u.s my uh, first time ever in chicago that day oh i'd forgotten that that's right um and we all kind of look at each other and we find out that there's all these uh instant flash action. Yeah, instant you know, action i like that yeah <laughs> we were exhausted by the way oh my yeah <laughs> eight eight and a half ten hours of filming and there's this immediate this instant action protest that just starts lighting up all over the u.s right there was there was in our home city of minneapolis there was one there were ones happening all over new york uh i think there were even some on the west coast yeah then, la was huge and we hear that o'hare is going down and we all look at each other and we are tired and we're beat and we're like 
we're gonna go to the apartment we're gonna we're gonna like essentially rehydrate and then we are gonna head out and that was that chicago protest uh was some of the most uh just like i mean just talk about the train ride right we we hop on the metro and well we hopped on two met we hopped on the bus right oh that's right yeah and we got some chance going and you you just just instantly you're seeing the energy you're just seeing people streaming like if you didn't if you just ran one line of that headline about this muslim ban and trump just by the way people were getting on by their body language, by, you know, by the way they were just getting onto these buses, you knew you were in community without so much as a millisecond of a look. And yes, people were getting on with signs, but instantly you knew that things were all good, even though things were not all good. You know, if you know right. what I mean, like this right. ban happens, terrible, terrible president, but people are getting on these buses that you've never seen before, probably never going to see again. And I mean, we right away, we started chanting, doing chants and, and people, you know, most of us were not together. It just, it was just all came together. So then we get on that bus and then talk about Andrew, we got to get to the airport. We get on the little, uh, shuttle to get to the terminal. We need to get to, what was that like? Oh my gosh. Well, so all these things are packed. Every major mode or of public transportation is just filled to the brim. And just to, to echo what you were just saying too, I've never felt more like this is exactly where I need to be. These are the people that I need to be around. Um, the energy from that crowd was, uh, a, a impassioned anger for the situation. And it was with a group of people that, yeah, I just, I've never felt more like I needed to be in the, that was my place. That was my time. Uh, and I needed to be there. The, the, the tram to O'Hare, um, we ran into people, you know, I think that's where it, it, you know, very quickly. I mean, here we read about it a couple, you know, what is it? An hour earlier and an hour later we're on the tram going to O'Hare and we're, people are crying. People are, there's, there's an emotion. There's an, um, there's a reality that is setting in, um, you know, in rapidly about what, what's happening. We're hearing updates about them detaining people in O'Hare already. Um, I think there, what this really made me think about was the, the strength and how we all need to get angry. We all need to show up, um, because now is not the time to be, uh, moderate or complacent or um, timid. Uh, we need to be, you know, in a lot of ways furious when these things are happening. And that's where I felt so like in the right to be furious. Mm. We were just coming from the Furious Spoon, too. Yeah, that was the name of the ramen place, Furious Spoon, Chicago. What's up? Uh, and, but, you know, since I love, so Justin, um, he directed, uh, one of our short films and, uh, he was with us. It was the three of us. And since I love you and Justin, both and Andrew, I'm equally mad at both of you as well as myself, that the gentleman that we spent some time with, as soon as we got on that first bus, we forgot. I don't remember his name. Now, I'm assuming that none of us remembered his name, but we have a photograph. We got a photograph. We have a photograph. So this gentleman, we get on the bus and right away, again, we just get this news. It's not even all crystallized in terms of the protest. We're right, on our right. way and this gentleman's on the bus and he was just looking down into his hands 
and you really no one from any angle could really see his face but you could feel something and at the very same time again Justin Andrew and I are together but he uh, Justin Andrew myself and like three other strangers who weren't together just instantly like walked to this man and crouched down and we could just see that he you know he explained to us a little bit that he was shaking a little bit he was holding back tears he had just arrived to the United States that day yeah that day and he was he was half Iranian and the other half I forget yeah but he was so distraught and he knew no one in Chicago in this big ass city and we just like held it you know not in a hand-holding way, but we literally held his hand because we we, we didn't want to lose him. We wanted to, right. even if we didn't like get to know him and have a ton of conversation along the way, we wanted him to be. We wanted to be there for him, with him. We wanted him to be, you know, with us. Uh, he literally didn't know a soul in Chicago. Provide any sort of feeling of community. Exactly, and like five of us just walked with him from the bus to the tram to the terminal, and and. Justin captured a photograph like this guy was <laughs> while he seemed like the most broken person in our circle at that moment he seemed like the strongest one of the strongest people I ever met and so I, I'm mad I'm kicking myself that I don't remember his name but the image is so indelible in my in my mind and in my memory and I'm glad there is that photograph but honestly I never need mm. to see that photograph again I could if I was a sketch artist I could sketch it perfectly yeah but that's not gonna happen but yeah so yeah we were there and um did you want to touch on like once we were outside it was cold right it was getting cold this was a pop-up action like there were not like at first i'm looking around who are the generals you know who are the generals so yeah because yeah because you know i'm from minneapolis and like in the in the movement and, and, and in terms of direct action like i literally can text anyone who i think would be leading an action because they're fucking amazing at it and i can name like several people but i was like just kind of trying to stay alert for that because there were so many people streaming in and like i've never been in chicago never experienced the chicago police but there were like there was an army of them and in the shadows so that was scary you knew they were there but you you know you could tell that they were in the shadows and it was just hard to figure out who was running the show and you know i want to i want to hear your thoughts on this andrew but for me it was like obvious this was an instant action muslim led oh my god like i was <sighs> it was just the most amazing thing. <laughs> it was the yeah. most amazing thing i've ever seen in my life and and then you know, you've got the international, the arrivals, right? So you got the, you got the international, all these international flags, dozens of them. Right, right. But what you don't see is an Iranian flag. You don't see, an, you know, a flag from Afghanistan, Pakistan. You don't see, you know, you don't see those flags and these 50-foot flagpoles and these flags waving. And there's so many people out there. Next thing you know, these two guys, two or three of them. They start stringing down from a 50-foot pole the American flag. Stringing it down. Like, it's like a movie now. It's like an action scene. And it happens so quickly. And, too, and, yeah. the, and, and the, the uh, terminal, there's like just this huge hill. Like, it's, it's a fucking hill. Like, all of a sudden, they're stringing down this American flag. They're holding the Iranian flag. Oh, they're clearly about to sw swap these flags out. Right. And we're like, everybody is this pump like they're doing this shit these motherfuckers are crazy and i don't know how many cops came rushing out of those shadows down that hill yeah. it might have only been four cops but it felt like 400 right 
And next thing you know, like, they're coming. Everybody's yelling, like, you got to, like, to these guys with the flag, you got to get out of there. You got to get out of there. Yeah, they're going to take them. They, they literally, were, yeah. like, yeah, we don't think they're coming for anything but, like, a bad situation, right? Right. Next thing you know, the crowd, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. You talk about community and everyone being in solidarity. The crowd of thousands swallowed these three men up when the officers were feet away from snatching them up. Right. And they just, the crowd just swallowed these three men up. So the cops could have never identified these men ever again. And, oh, my God. So then we're even more hyped because these guys get away. And the cops, no one likes these guys. And just the situation, they start to, they they take off the Iranian flag. And to my shock, they literally just, like, casually handed the Iranian flag to someone behind them. I thought they were going to, I thought that was gone. Yeah, I thought they were going (laughs) to take it, tear it up, whatever the fuck, right? And they start to string up the American flag. And they start stringing it up upside down. Thousands of people lose their shit. <laughs> They're just laughing. Oh my, you look at you dumb, like pointing at these cops, laughing at them. Next thing you know, one of the cops like, get it down, get it down, get it down. It was just, it was just, uh, you know what? Oh, I'm never going to forget that night. I mean, what is like, what memory really sticks in your head about that? Now, I'm, we're going on and on, but this protest in Chicago, I know LA had a half a million people or whatever, but whoo. The, uh, I think what was, Amazing is when we weren't, we hadn't just, something that really sticks out in my mind is we hadn't quite gotten outside yet, right? There was just like a mass of people by the doors for the scene that you described, which was just outside of Rivals. And how in sync the crowd was with their chance and passing that, that mic around. I remember, you know, it was like, it was so... Um, it was like you could you could stop the chant on a, on a pin and get an announcement through that crowd so quickly to like update on what the situation was, which who they were detaining in O'Hare. It, it was like it was so like you said, there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, it wasn't like there were yellow shirts or people that were like designated necessarily um, people coming in yet. How quickly that crowd listened and mobilized with itself. It was. Uh, incredibly moving like this w- like we may not have all you know it's not like we all ha- had like a, a strategies handout for how this protest was going to go down but we were all tapped into what how things needed to happen how to best communicate with one another uh, there was a guy that had a speaker system that he was holding up making chance um, the fact that we got that you know shout out to you Tommy <clears throat> for getting the let them out ORD hashtag going we were just blasting that off in all, all regards. Um, yeah. And how, how incredibly just unified everyone seemed in that moment. Um, yeah. And I, and I know we, we stayed there for a couple hours, um, and the crowd was, wasn't going anywhere. That was another thing. It was cold. This was a, this was a late January day. Yeah. As I recall. And it was getting colder. Much it was colder. getting colder, yeah. And, you know, again, no, not a single marshal identifiable, Marshall, yeah. not a single identifiable marshal, and not a single arrest. Thousands of people. Like, it was so remarkable. And, uh,. <laughs> And we're talking about showing up and like how that's looking. Uh, obviously, there's a million things to show up for uh, with the current state of things in this country and in the world. 
And uh, Andrew, you know, you're not from Minnesota originally. Right. And you moved here like, just a couple years ago. Like you were tuned in at that Chicago protest. You, you know, I, you know, I know you and you get it. And you've I've seen you in the streets here in Minneapolis plenty of times as well. But, uh, what, you know, we're, we're a Midwest state. Like, we, we're not California. We don't have legal weed. We, <laughs> we, 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 we vote blue, so to speak, at the end of the day when it's all said and done. But, um, you know, in terms of showing up, like, we got, I, I feel like we still got a long way to go. And I feel like, uh, you know, you've had some interesting things to say about um, yeah. what, what showing up can really mean as we take things a little further. Yeah, the, so... I moved, you know, as you kind of said, I, I moved to Minnesota a couple years ago. Um, I think what's what my my biggest drag for Minnesota right now is, is that it it gets 30 percent of the way. But because the bar is so low everywhere else, Minnesota is just patting itself on the back because we didn't we didn't go red in this last election. So it's like oh. and by everywhere else, you mean like other Midwest. States. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're the we're the shining star of the Midwest. We must be the most progressive. We're, we're, we're the most with it. And I think that enables a sort of complacency or the fact that the bar is so low and we just barely meet it. You know, I think what I what I tend to tell people is, yeah, Minnesota's 30 percent of the way there. And, and we're so we tend to really congratulate ourselves about that. Um, I think that if we were if we if the Minnesota community was as on point and particularly uh, white folks getting out more, you know, I think unfortunately people think that once they voted for Hillary or 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 voted or voted third party that they some that was their that's it. I contributed to the the movement and I'm you know I've got my pass. Um, so I think there's so many things and issues and disparities that are currently ongoing in Minneapolis in in you know in neighborhoods all over but I think we need to get you know one of my goals for this podcast is is also getting the word out and pushing people getting them into that challenge zone of we need you uh, you are welcome here but we need your voice we need you to show up um, because that is how change happens we need we need people to get up stand up and feel like um, First of all, to, to stop being timid about the, you know, or having any fear of critique, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, institutions as big as the as the police, um, where people are afraid to speak out against that and they don't want to draw a hard line. And, and we're not we're not all the way there yet. We're not even close. And uh, I think, unfortunately, with with. Minnesota in the Midwest, we, we tend to think that we are, and that is a, that's dangerous because mm -hmm. we, we therefore stop moving forward. Yeah. And one of the questions we should be asking in any, any environment we're in or any work environment is how do we get closer? And our goal with this podcast is to get closer through art because I, yeah. you know, having organized and having been in the movements, um, it's, you know, one of the most meaningful times of my life, I'd say. And there's also times where you, you know, you, you see eye to eye with a lot of people who understand how important art is in those spaces. And then you also see people, you know, there's a lot, a great deal of people who don't really value or, um, or assert, even if they value it back to one of Andrew's points, they got to assert that art matters. Right. And not just, oh, we need some art. You know, we need some creativity. It's, it's beyond that. We like art is needs to be a cornerstone, not yeah. just, yeah. not just there, you know? And so, 
you know, since this, you know, since we have your ears, um, well, that, that to me is something just to, just to echo what you just said. Um, you know, there are so many, so many people speaking, so many people talking there, there are other, like we talked about before we hit record today, there's a lot of other podcasts that are, that are focused on social justice awareness. Um, and a lot of them are great. I think for me and, uh, why we're talking about weapon of choice is because a lot of the ways that I, I make sense of, or I feel compelled to, um, or I even recharge with my, with my, um, activism and social justice is through art. I mean, that is how I make sense of, that's how I make sense of it all. That's how I get, you know, I'll say it again. That's how I recharge. Um, you know, something that we'll be asking people to send to us email on Instagram is like, let us know what art is helping you survive today, because that is how we, that is how myself. And I know, you know, Tommy and I've talked about this, that's what keeps us going. You know, we talk a lot about like, what does self care look like? To me, art is, it's the vehicle. It's the vessel, it's the weaponry, and it's also the, it's also the thing that, uh, that helps us regain our, and tune our focus. Absolutely. You know, like just last week's, uh, you know, DACA protest we had here in Minneapolis, beautiful march, beautiful protest, beautiful day, beautiful people. I, that thing ended at seven o'clock. I walked straight to seventh street entry and went and saw these young rapping, Goof, goofy motherfucking, you know, young bucks. Yeah, uh, a group, a rap group called called Brockhampton. They're out of California. I walked straight from the protest into First Ave, and I needed that. Like that was it. That like that completed me. That you know, not to sound corny, but it definitely completed yeah. me at least for that day. Um, in in some of the deepest ways, people bury their heads in the sand, cover their ears. Based on privilege, masculinity, a lot of things, um, of, of ways we just go back into our conditioning and, uh, and, 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 you know, stop giving a fuck. And we don't have a second to stop giving a fuck. We should definitely have our outlet, outlets and our art and our escapes and our, you know, things that make us feel good. But we should, you know, we can be feeling good and giving a fuck at the same time. And, um, you know, one way to feel good is to fucking watch sports. I get it. Like I played, I played football. I had dreams of playing in the NFL. I was a knucklehead, so I didn't play in the NFL, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't have. And, you know, living out of the country for almost a year, definitely, uh, you know, basically missed the whole NFL season. Cause all they do is try to convert you to a soccer fan while you're in Europe. So, you know, I, I was away from it in terms of as a spectator and I came back, didn't love it as much. Then, then, then wasn't as gun ho about making sure I had to watch nine hours of football every damn Sunday. Shit. You know, okay. We all know what's going on. Bunch of racists in the NFL. I think, uh, it's, it's a worthwhile cause, even though it's not, it's not, obviously it's not immigration. Like we got to show up for the immig- immigration situation, the DACA situation, the dreamer situation, housing in every fucking major city or in any city, really. I don't know the logistics of, and, and what's going on with housing in rural cities, but I can imagine like gentrification is happening everywhere. And, uh, so all of that, but man, this, this stuff matters too. Cause like if we right. can convince people with millions of dollars and who have these huge platforms to fucking wake the country up, or act, not wake the country up, but help wake the country up. They ain't doing the work that most of us in the streets are doing. But, you know, it, it's got to come from all angles because we are living in a world where um, from no corner can we be silent, right? So you already know what side I'm on. Which side are you on is the question you have to always be asking yourself when it comes up to fighting for everyone's rights 
because we need to keep fighting. That's our bonus episode this week. Remember, we always want to hear from you and what's your weapon of choice and what art are you taking in that's helping you fight back and recharge. You can email us the answer to those questions at weaponofchoicefans at gmail.com. That's weaponofchoicefans at gmail.com. Next week, we've got our two-for-one interview that you will not want to miss. That's going to air Tuesday. We've got a featured poem from the incredibly talented Renee Copeland. Here it is. Blue 
violently flipped. Pain. We are one body, but are not aware of our limbs, our chopped off fingers, how inefficient we've become. We don't think we need feet planted on the ground. We don't think we have things to learn from trees. Everything changes. Slow, beautiful, good. Suddenly we don't know how we got there. In love, for instance. And it's all so good. Things change so fast. Why this cycle of relearning that the woman is always making? Sacrifice. Sacrificial meat grabbed, sliced, sucked, slapped, sold, jabbed, tenderized. She needs to be soft and strong. Always both. What is she like when she's left alone? We never really know. It never lasts long enough. Someone will always be expecting something of her, inviting her to be something different, something that requires a change. And she flows because she loves. Some things feel like stubbing her toes, and she won't dance with that, at least not for long. Part of being a woman, as palpable as my right thigh, is taking the blow, the fall, the concession. just do it, you can hear her saying under her breath in almost any empty room. But then there are sisters, 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 non-sisters, and the impossible geography of their pillars, strength from all corners and directions, all ancestors who tread through girlhood, torn down from the sky, stuffed into boats, songs half-lodged in throats, ribcages carrying pounding, fluttering, confused hearts, like birds caught in the bellies of drums. And she holds my hand, calls me, tells me I am beautiful just when I need it, and my heart is the bird, becoming certain of its dimensions, drumming the space, filling my body with ripples of rhythms, the dark spaces echoing, love. There is a bull headed for our house of cards, but I have decided that this poem is not about him after all. changed my willingness.